all, uh, welcome. <laughs> um, I, I would like to welcome two uh, special visitors that we have uh, today. It's my aunt and uncle, uh, Toby and Donna Woolard. Uh, that surprised uh, Aaron and I this morning. It's good to have them all the way from uh, Beaufort County uh, this morning. So uh, thank you all for, for being here. Boco, right? <laughs> uh, like my mom would say, that's God's country. So <laughs> um, anyway, my wife's from there too. So uh, that, that's good. Um, <laughs> So uh, let's talk about uh, Wednesday nights uh, this coming week. Uh, I believe we're having soup. Taco soup, I think, is one of the main ones. Are there other kinds of soup, too? Beef, beef burger, cheeseburger soup. All right, so cheeseburger soup and taco soup for this Wednesday, so make sure you sign up. Hopefully Wednesday will be a good night weather-wise for soup. Um, man, who, who uh, enjoyed the late spring, early summer temperatures at the end of this past week? <laughs> So, but I think by the end of the day, like January is going to knock on our door and say, oh yeah, it's January uh, uh, again. And hey, welcome to uh, January 73rd. Um, who, who, who feels like this month has gone on for, for a long time? Yeah, it seems like the, the latter half of the year, or, you know, especially around the holidays, it just flies by and uh, January takes its time. <laughs> um, but hey, Wednesday is the last day, so woohoo for that, right? Uh, but we, we thank God for each and every day, each and every day that he blesses us with. Um, also, this uh, coming up Saturday, um, February 3rd, Anita's uh, Ladies Bible Study, uh, Sisters of Stony Brook, uh, you ladies will be meeting this Saturday, February 3rd, uh, 9 to 11, back in the Fellowship Hall to study Miriam. Is that right? All right. Um, I, I, Anita, just side note, I, I've looked at the table of contents now. So I used to ask her like every month, but now I'm smart and I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, actually, the day before on the 2nd, those of you that signed up to go watch The Chosen, uh, my plan is to be at the theater by 7, 7 o'clock. It will start at 7.30. So if you signed up, uh, just show up at, at the theater and uh, I'll give you your ticket. Okay, so uh, that's coming up this Friday, uh, the 2nd, over at the AMC Theater. Um, also, one week from today, February 4th, uh, is Hope Station Emphasis. So, Fries, I made sure to make a note on my sermon notes uh, to announce that. But, hey, Stony Brook, you're doing a good job with that. So, let's, uh, let's keep it up. Let's keep it up. So, uh, bring those donations in next week. So... All right, um, here in just a little bit, uh, we're going to be in the book of Acts, uh, chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, and uh, verses 42 through 44. So Acts chapter 2, uh, verses 42 through 44. And uh, most of you know by now, but all the scriptures that I use should be up here on the screens. Um, so just a little heads up there. But as you're flipping to the book of Acts, let me just ask, are you ready this morning? Are you ready for God's word? Oh, that, that's great. That's good. Uh, what, would have, uh, what, what would I have done if you said no? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but I'm glad you said yes. <laughs> I'm glad you said yes. So, um, as we assemble for the culminating moment in our to-do series, there's a sense of anticipation, I feel like. 
just lingering in the air. Uh, there's a sacred anticipation that transcends the boundaries of both time and uh, also space. You know, over these uh, last few weeks here in the month of January, uh, in this series, we, transfer- we transferred the landscapes of attending church and also worshiping with faithful hearts. Uh, we have understood the profound act of tithing as a reflection of our hearts and what's on our hearts. And we've also experienced the joyous rhythm of serving one another um, and, and also serving here at Stony Brook in love. You know, each sermon has unfolded like a, like a chapter, like a paintbrush, painting strokes on a canvas of our collective journey as disciples of Jesus Christ. Uh, today, this morning, as we stand on the cliff of this final chapter, the spotlight falls on the theme that is both timeless and also transformative. And that, my friends, is fellowship. Fellowship. Say fellowship. Uh, in, in this symphony of to-dos, fellowship emerges as the melody that unifies our, our diverse notes into our harmonious expression of shared faith. The big idea that guides our exploration today is encapsulated in a simple yet profound truth. The big idea states this week, together we are stronger. Let's say that together on the count of three. One, two, three. Together we are stronger. You know, this idea, it's not just a theological concept. It's a lived experience. It's a testimony etched in the stories, in the events going back way to the early church, echoing through the corridors of history and resonating in the present reality of our faith communities. Today, as we unpack the layers of fellowship, we invite God's Holy Spirit just to breathe into our understanding, to ignite the flame of unity within our hearts and to reveal the transformative power of togetherness, of fellowship. So, let us embark on this spiritual odyssey where fellowship is not just a to-do, but it's a sacred tapestry that binds us all together as one, as the body of Christ. So, let me ask you again. Are you ready? Good, good. Um, First of all, this morning, let's look at fellowship defined. Fellowship defined and how it's a biblical perspective. Just a little bit ago, I had you turn to the book of Acts chapter 2 and verses 42 through 44. There, uh, we find a captivating model community and a blueprint of Christian fellowship. Let's take a look at what Luke writes there in the book of Acts. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, like Steve was just talking about during communion meditation, to the breaking of bread and also to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. This passage unveils a community marked by an unwavering commitment 
to God's Word and a deep, intentional connection with one another. It goes beyond mere attendance. Uh, It it encompasses uh, a shared devotion to things like learning, to things like breaking bread together and praying as a group, as a community. The unity portrayed here extends to a level where believers had everything in common, forming a model community that illustrates the transformative power of straight-up, real, genuine fellowship. The biblical perspective on fellowship is reinforced, too, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, and verses 24 and 25 there. In that particular passage, we see how believers, how Christ's followers, are encouraged not to forsake the assembly, not to forsake meeting together. Here's what it says. Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 24. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. This scripture here from Hebrews 10, it emphasizes the the active nature of fellowship as a communal to-do, communal to-do. The term spur one another on toward love and good deeds, it underscores the role of fellowship in motivating and also encouraging each and every single member of the community. The exhortation to not give up meeting together serves as a reminder that fellowship is not a passive gathering, but a deliberate, but an intentional act. We should do that. We should meet together. You know, I mentioned the first week of this series where, you know, I talked about how we should attend church and just worship God. Um, You know, back in 2020, March 2020, COVID-19 hits the world, hits here in America. And, you know, the, the virus, it shut down churches. You know, a lot of us, we, we were not meeting together here at church. We, you know, some of our families did not meet together for a while. You know, there were so many restrictions and things, you know, that we, we were told that we have to do the, the you know, social distancing and wearing the mask and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But we didn't meet for a few months. You know, I, I miss that time. I miss meeting with other believers during those months. You know, we had Zoom worship or pre-recorded worship, but to me, you know, that, that wasn't the same. It was good, but it just wasn't the same. Maybe you felt the same way regarding that. You miss gathering in person with other believers, with your Christian brothers and sisters. You miss the live worship, the preacher standing in front of you speaking. You miss the normality of how things used to be. And let me tell you how things should be. That was a hard time for lots of reasons. 
But I will say kids in school, for example, you know, they're just now here in the year 2024. Just kind of getting back to how things were prior to the pandemic. Their psyche, mental health, emotional health, like all those things. Plus a lot of kids, they fell behind with where they should be as far as education goes and the things that they need to be taught. But here in 2024, I feel like, you know, they're finally getting back to where things were prior to the pandemic. But, you know, to sum it all up, we, you know, talking about all of us, we were made to interact with others. We were not made to just sit up in a house all by our lonesome and twiddling our thumbs, playing video games, watching movies. You know, that's cool for a little while, but then it gets old. But we were not made to just be trapped up in a house. We were made to interact with others and have fellowship. As the anticipation of Jesus' return grows, the need for a consistent and supportive assembly, especially here in the church, it becomes even more crucial. In this biblical perspective, we find a call to engage actively in fellowship, creating a vibrant community that mirrors the love and also the goodness that only can be found in Christ. You know, I was talking to uh, Daryl and I were both out here at the church yesterday morning. And uh, some of you know that uh, Aaron, myself, and Seth, uh, we have started going out into the neighborhood uh, behind the church building here. And uh, with the help of the Cookie Patrol, Uh, we visited 15 houses uh, this past Thursday evening. And like Daryl and I were talking about yesterday, I think, you know, in this day and age of how dark the world has gotten, you know, Satan is definitely pounding on every single household, every single doorstep. And through things like the media and people, social media, That sort of thing. It's just pulling people in the wrong direction. But we're trying, folks, to spread the the gospel, the light, the good news to those, to every single person that we come across, starting with this neighborhood right behind us. So be in prayer for that, um, that we can get some more folks to, to join our fellowship, to join in in what we're doing here at Stony Brook. But... Like I said, the day of Jesus' return is drawing near. And people need to be in fellowship, in the word, in prayer, all these things as that day draws near. And for my second point this morning, let's look at the fellowship as a shared journey of faith. Fellowship as a shared journey of faith. In exploring fellowship as a shared journey of faith, we we find profound guidance in one of Paul's letters. It's Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2. Let's take a look at what Paul writes there. He says, carry each other's burdens. Carry each other's what? Burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. 
What is Paul urging believers to do in this verse? You guys said it. He's instructing us that we need to bear one another's burdens. This verse encapsulates the essence of fellowship as a dynamic partnership in the pilgrimage of faith. It's great not having to do this thing called life alone, isn't it? It's great. You know, the call to bear one another's burdens goes beyond mere companionship. It speaks to the sacrificial nature of true Christian fellowship. You know, as we walk alongside our fellow believers, fellow Christians, sharing in their joys and shouldering their burdens, we embody the love and compassion modeled by Jesus himself. Fellowship in this sense becomes a transformative act of empathy and also support, illustrating the interconnectedness of our faith journey. Furthermore, another one of Paul's letters, the first time he wrote to the Thessalonians, in chapter 5 and verse 11, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 11, it provides another facet of, of fellowship as an active engagement in encouraging and also building each other up. Let's take a look at what Paul writes there. He says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. This verse, what Paul is writing here, it emphasizes the corresponding nature of encouragement within the body of believers, within churches, within you know, the, the Christian community. When we come together, when we come together in fellowship, we become source of, sources of inspiration. We become sources of strength. We become sources of affirmation for our fellow travelers along this journey that each of us are on when it comes to our faith journey. Isn't that great? <laughs> Isn't it great to have someone that will encourage you and, and just be with you step-by-step sometimes along the way on this thing called life. We have each other. You know, the act of encouragement is, is not a passive in, endeavor, but it's an intentional. It's an intentional to-do. Fostering an environment where each member contributes to the spiritual growth and, and fortification of the community. In this shared journey of faith that we're on, fellowship emerges as a dynamic force that propels us. It moves us forward, lifting one another higher in our pursuit to all be more like Christ. To, so we can all be more like Christ-like, just like Jesus. I want you to stop for a minute. But can you imagine doing this thing called life alone? Like, maybe close your eyes and just think about maybe how hard that would be. Having no one, especially in, in the faith community, alongside of you, to pray with you, to offer a meal, to, to just, like, lend an ear so a person can talk. To, to even say something, hey, I can't, I'm sick, I can't get out in my yard, can you come and rake leaves? 
Can you mow the grass? Can you imagine what it would be like not to have that? You know, I think that would be a struggle. <laughs> if, if you, as a believer, did not have someone to come alongside of you and have that kind of fellowship. You know, sometimes I wonder what it's like for those that don't have faith. What is, what, what is it like for them? Uh, you know, for those that don't have a community around them to encourage and, and lift up when times get bad. I wonder what it's like for those folks. You know, I tell you, together, these biblical principles, they highlight the all-around nature of fellowship as, as a journey, a shared journey of faith where we actively bear each other's burdens and in turn, we encourage and we build up one another. Through these intentional acts of love and also support, we fulfill the law of Christ and we create a fellowship that mirrors the transformative power of our shared faith pilgrimage. Finally this morning, let's take a look at uh, fellowship as a witness to the world. To the what? World. In contemplating fellowship as a witness to the world, our guiding scripture is found in the Gospel of John. Chapter 13 and verse 35. John 13 and verse 35. Jesus declares there, By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. You know, this profound statement underscores the transformative power of real Christian, genuine fellowship. It's not only an internal bond among believers, but it's a visible manifestation of Jesus' love that becomes a compelling testimony to those around us and really to the entire world. The world recognizes disciples of, of Christ not merely by doctrine or, or, or words, but by the tangible and selfless, selfless love shared within a fellowship. You know, in this way, fellowship becomes a, a living proclamation of the gospel. Fellowship helps share the good news. It's a testimony that draws others into the embrace of God's love like a magnet just sucks them right in. I also want to share with you the, uh, some words from the book of Matthew, chapter 5 and verse 16. In this verse, it provides another illuminating perspective on fellowship as a witness to the world. It reads, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father, in heaven. Here, Jesus encourages believers to let their light of their faith shine brightly into, like I was saying earlier, uh, this dark world. In the context of fellowship, you know, what we're talking about today, this light emerges from the collective love, the unity, and mutual support shared among believers, among Christian people. The actions and the interactions within the fellowship become a radiant display 
of the transformative power that only comes from Christ. As the world witnesses the authentic love and the good works within the Christian community, you know, talking about here at church even, it is drawn to glorify the Father in heaven, recognizing the legitimacy of the Christian testimony. So when we act like Jesus, when we're like, when we're Christ-like, you know, that's, it's like a magnet. And hopefully that magnet is, is bringing in the lost. Hopefully that makes sense. But, you know, these two passages, John 13, 35 and Matthew 5, 16, they present a, a powerful combination or union of fellowship as a witness to the world, starting here and all corners or places of the world. By embodying, by embodying Christ's love within the community of believers, we not only fulfill the identifying mark of true discipleship, but also we become beacons of light that shine the path or we illuminate the path to God for all the people that are watching. Through genuine and authentic fellowship, we participate in a compelling witness that transcends words, inviting the world to experience the transformer transformative love of Jesus. This morning I want to share an illustration with you that ties all this, all about fellowship, together. I want you, and, and, and maybe you need to close your eyes, and that's entirely up to you, but I want you to imagine, uh, imagine a busy coffee shop Filled with people just engrossed in their own words and their own business, if you will. In one corner, there's a group of individuals gathered around a table. They're sharing laughter. They're sharing stories. Just their genuine care for one another. As they engage in conversation, there's an unmistakable warmth and unity that sets this particular group apart. Intrigued by the distinctive karamity, a curious onlooker approaches this group and strikes up a conversation with them. As they interact with the members of this particular fellowship of this group, they can't help to notice but just the realness of their relationships the selfless acts of kindness that they're doing and helping each other out with, and the unconditional love that spreads through every single interaction amongst the people that are there at that table. In time, the onlooker discovers that these individuals, that they are part of a local Christian fellowship. They witness firsthand the way they support one another through life's challenges and how they celebrate each other's victories and extend a welcoming hand to those that want to join, to the newcomers. The genuine love within this community becomes a magnetic force, drawing the onlooker not only to the fellowship, but also to the source of their remarkable unity, which that source in itself is Jesus Christ. This illustration, this scenario, 
It illustrates how the world can recognize disciples of the one and the only Jesus Christ through fellowship alone. In the midst of ordinary, everyday interactions, the realness, the love, and the unity within the Christian community, it becomes a powerful, say powerful, it becomes a powerful testimony. When you show love, when you, show, when you have unity with others, and just be genuine, just be real. It's a magnetic force to the one that we worship, and that's Jesus Christ. Without the need for elaborate speeches or, um, you know, just preaching or being evangelist, you know, stuff like that, the true, real fellowship itself, it becomes a beacon attracting others to explore the transformative power. I've said that so many times transformative power of Jesus' love. To close this morning, I hope you have seen that through authentic fellowship, whether it's here at our church or if it's off campus somewhere, that we participate in a compelling witness that transcends words which hopefully invites the world, inviting those around us to experience the transformative love of Jesus Christ. You know, I think we find ourselves right now, not at the end point of this particular sermon or this particular sermon series, but we stand right now at the threshold of a transformative journey. And I hope you get what I mean by that. Through the sermon today, though, you know, we, we've unearthed a rich tapestry of fellowship, a biblical perspective rooted in the book of Acts, chapter 2. We've looked at a shared journey of faith as illustrated in Galatians, chapter 6, and also 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5. And we've also looked at the compelling witness to the world and how it's depicted in John 13 and again in Matthew Chapter 5. Now, as we transition from theory into practice, let us consider practical or tangible ways that our community, specifically right here at Stony Brook, how we can step out and we can engage in fellowship and what I've been talking about today. You know, simple uh, acts like hosting communal meals. Do you remember the Blessed series a, a, a couple months back, a couple months ago? You know, how cool was that idea of bringing the grill around to the front of the house in the driveway and just inviting people to come over, your neighbors, and having that kind of fellowship? Maybe you can um, form small groups for Bible study or even prayer. Or maybe, you know, we can organize outreach initiatives like reaching the neighborhood behind the church. These things become avenues for, for authentic connection. And we can even volunteer together. <laughs> um, hey, speaking of which, you know, Dick Coffey ha has come to the leadership of the church. And maybe on a Monday sometime, 
we're trying to get six to seven people, right, to go over to the soup kitchen and help serve and have that fellowship in that community. Maybe you can volunteer. That's just one way, but there's many ways. I talked about serving last week. Also, we can celebrate milestones, and we can initiate, uh, you know, intentional conversations with people. These threads can weave our community into a vibrant tapestry of fellowship. You know, I was talking with Steve Haggerty even this past week, and uh, we were talking about how good it will be to have fellowship outside of the church, outside of the walls here. You know, parts of Wilson and parts of the county, wherever, just away from the building. If a group of us can just have fellowship elsewhere, that would be great. I mean, it's great having it here, don't get me wrong. But it's also great to be out away from the campus, okay? But, you know, I think if we do this, if we have that kind of fellowship off campus, others, bystanders, will hopefully pick up on what we are doing. They'll be drawn in, like I talked about a magnet several times today. They'll be drawn in, and, and hopefully they will be a part of the fellowship, too, eventually, that we have right here on Airport Boulevard. So let's be creative. Let's be intentional. Let's be open-hearted in our pursuit of fellowship, embracing the shared journey of faith with a commitment to bear one another's burdens. And in doing this, let's become a compelling witness, too, to the world that's around us. May our fellowship May it be grounded in biblical truth, but let it illuminate and light our path as we collectively fulfill the essential to-do of bearing one another's burdens. Let's pray. God, we love you. We just thank you so much for uh, this day and this talk about fellowship. God, I love our fellowship here, specifically at Stony Brook. God, I'm I'm so thankful for the group of believers here and how we help each other out when times get rough. God, I know there's some rough situations within this room, even this morning. How great is it to just know that people are there for you in those times? Just knowing that people are praying for you and wishing... For the best. God, I, I thank you so much too for just general, happy, fun loving conversations and how we can just share life with each other. I'm glad, God, that we were made to just be in fellowship that we were made to, to come to these moments the first day of the week to, to worship you. But God, let, let it not just be here. Let it be 
off this campus and through what we do outside of this church, let it just bring people in to this church. I thank you for the reminder so many times throughout Scripture of how we should just love one another. That includes uh, here in our, in our midst, but it means out there too. Let's just love every single person and show them kindness. We thank you for your love and your grace. Just be with us now. We pray all this in your name. Amen. Hey, um, like I just prayed, I, I love the fellowship that we have here at Stony Brook Christian Church. But let me challenge us to take it out into the world, in Wilson, in, in our surrounding uh, community. Maybe it starts with lunch today. <laughs> you know, may, maybe a group of you is going out to a restaurant. And, you know, why, why not start it there? You know, I, I challenge you to have an awesome Jesus time at your table where the people next to you are be like, what's up with them? But in a good way, they, they ask that question. Um, you know, and, and maybe they think, as a bystander or someone off to the side, you know, they're, they're like, maybe I need to be a part of that because of the fellowship that you as a group are having right there at your table. Maybe even go a step further, too, and ask the waiter or the waitress, hey, is there something that I can pray for you about? Say, like, I I'm hoping that you pray at the lunch table or anytime you gather for a meal. But say, hey, we're about to pray. We're about to bless this food. But is there anything particular that you need prayer for? That draws people in. You can see their mood change if you ask them that question. You know, the ways that we fellowship here on campus, uh, out in the community, and, and even, I'll say it, on social media, it affects others. If they want to come and be a part of the community and the fellowship that we have going on right here. All these ways that you fellowship whether it's in the church, outside the church, or even on your phone, social media, stuff like that, it affects others. There's true words, right? Think about that. But also, don't forget to come here to church. Make it a regular practice to attend wor uh, worship, to attend church. Don't forget to tithe and give your offerings. And also, don't forget to serve. This morning, I'm about to go down front here like I always do. But if you need some prayer, or if you have any kind of decision that you want to make uh, regarding your walk with, with Jesus Christ, uh, I pray that you'll come forward this morning. But let's stand and, uh, and let's sing this last song.